You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. You know the story of Joseph, hated by his brothers, sold into slavery down in Egypt, and then down in Egypt, one wrong after another done to him. Jephthah, the bastard son, his mother was a prostitute. His father later had legitimate children. When those sons of this legitimate relationship now grew up, they kicked Jephthah out of the family. They said, you're not going to be part of our family. The apostle Paul, after he gave his life to Christ, a lifetime of abuse. In this world, wrong is done to us. Unfortunately, it's just a matter of how and when it will happen. In today's study, Pastor Danny will share different stories in the Bible when someone was wronged and how that impacted them. Injustice happens, evil comes. At times, something not true is assumed about you, or maybe someone you love is the one wronged, or someone lies to you. You'll hear in these stories today how people responded to the wrongs done against them with integrity or with bitterness. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 with today's edition of The Living Word. One of the most godly men in the Bible, man after God's own heart, David. And yet, you know, David made some pretty big blunders. There's an interesting story, and for the sake of time, I'm just going to tell you the story, quickly summarize it. 1 Samuel 25, David and his men, he's running from Saul. He's got these guys that come and become his followers, uh, and they are together running from Saul. They're in a place called Maon. In Maon is a a place called Carmel, and there's a guy named Nabal that's in Carmel at at the time. It's sheep shearing time. That's the most festive time of the year, okay? David and his men uh, in the area of Maon, Nabal is a rich guy. Got a lot of servants, got a lot of livestock. David and his men are actually protecting Nabal's servants where they are and keeping any harm from coming to them or anything of Nabal's being taken, livestock or whatever. So David thinks, well, we'll just, we'll just send good word to this guy. So he sends a delegation of his men to Nabal, and uh, they greet him and say, long may you live and prosper. In other words, hey, God bless you. We come from David. And since it's such a festive time, uh, David was wondering, could you spare anything for he and his men? Well, Nabal, Nabal, his name means fool. He lives up to his name. He says to David's men, a lot of young guys are breaking away from their masters these days. So why am I going to give something of mine and give it to this guy? I don't know. He's a rebel, basically. And they go back and tell David, David immediately is bitter. Immediately. He says, strap on your swords, boys. By tomorrow, if there's one male alive in all of Nabal's servants and his family, it'll be basically over my dead body. He's going to slay them all, wipe them all out. Thank God, Abigail, Nabal's wife, comes and pleads with David and has gifts, and she's a type of the Holy Spirit, and David relents, and, but he would have gone through with it if it wasn't for that. What's interesting about the story to me, it happens in, in between 1 Samuel 24 and 26. Duh. Say, so what do you mean? Well, that's in 1 Samuel 25. You know what happens both in 1 Samuel 24 and 1 Samuel 26? David has opportunity 
because God puts his arch enemy, basically Saul, who's out to kill him for no good reason. David's innocent. And he puts him right where David can have it his life. And his own men say, God has delivered your enemy into your hand. And two times, both in chapter 24 and chapter 26, David rebukes his men, won't allow them to harm Saul. Says, I will not lay my hand on the Lord's anointed. In other words, I'm not going to respond bitterly the way he is responding bitterly to me. But right in between those two incidents, the fool comes along. And all it takes is one fool in your life to lead you down a bad path, a bitter path. You know the story of Joseph, hated by his brothers, sold into slavery down in Egypt, and then down in Egypt, one wrong after another done to him. Jephthah, the bastard son, his mother was a prostitute. His father later had legitimate children. When those sons of this legitimate relationship now grew up, they kicked Jephthah out of the family. They said, you're not going to be part of our family. The apostle Paul, after he gave his life to Christ, a lifetime of abuse. In one of the most endearing churches of the Apostle Paul, the church of Philippi, two ladies who had been in ministry together, ministered alongside the Apostle Paul, Euodia and Syntyche, had this bitter experience and they wouldn't even minister together anymore. And you know about the apostles. You've heard of them. I mean, it says they argued. I mean, repeat it. They argued over who was the greatest. James and John on one occasion go to Jesus and they say, we got a request of you. Jesus says, what is it you want? Well, just this. When you come into your kingdom, one of us would like to sit on your right hand and one of us would like to sit on your left. It says when the other 10 heard the request that James and John made, they were indignant. On the very night Jesus was betrayed by Judas. A dispute arose among the apostles as to which of them was the greatest. Point, it's not a matter of if you're going to be wronged or offended. It's a matter of when, by whom, and in what way. Sometimes it's the perception, the assumption of a wrong. Again, I'll just give you the scripture and summarize the story. Joshua 22 Israelites settled in the promised land. God had granted uh, Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh to settle on the east side of the Jordan. But he says, now all you men of these tribes have to go in and fight with your brothers until they secure their inheritance. Then you can go back to your inheritance on the east side of the Jordan. They're settled. They're going back. They stop at the Jordan. They build an altar. Joshua 22 calls it an imposing altar. Why an imposing altar? Because when the other tribes hear that these guys have built an altar, they immediately assume it's an idolatrous altar. How quickly would they turn away from the God that they've all served together? They strap on their swords. They're going to take care of their own brothers. Thank God they at least give them an opportunity to say something. And here's what they said. No, man, look, we built this because the Jordan is now going to be separating us and we don't want our children or our children's children and future generations to serve any other God. And we want this altar here to be representative and speak to future generations that even though the Jordan separates us physically, we are united spiritually. And thank God it saved the civil war. In Israel, 
Acts 21, remember Paul gets to Jerusalem? He's got Trophimus the Ephesian with him in the temple area, this uncircumcised Gentile. They couldn't go where the circumcised Jews could go in the temple. He could go in the court of the Gentiles. And the people assumed that Paul had taken this uncircumcised Gentile where it was forbidden. A whole riot breaks out. They almost tear Paul limb from limb. All because they assumed something that was not true. Now perk up and listen to this next one because this one I think, for me, the most difficult to deal with. And that's a wrong done to someone you love. I'm going to turn to it and read a couple of verses. You're welcome to turn to it. Or again, you can just listen. Second Samuel chapter 13. Second Samuel chapter 13. Here's how the story begins. In the course of time, Amnon, son of David, fell in love with Tamar, the beautiful sister of Absalom, Absalom, son of David. Now, David had more than one wife. And so you had uh, kids with different mothers and the same father. You have what we would call today a blended family. Amnon became frustrated to the point of illness on account of his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and it seemed impossible for him to do anything to her. Now, Amnon had a friend named Jonadab, son of Shimei, David's brother. Uh, So this is Amnon's cousin. Jonadab was a very shrewd man. He asked Amnon, why do you, the king's son, look so haggard morning after morning? What's bothering you? Won't you tell me? Amnon said to him, I'm in love with Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Well, go to bed and pretend to be ill, Jonadab said. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, I'd like my sister Tamar to come and give me something to eat. Let her prepare the food in my sight so that I may watch her and then eat it from her hand. David consents to the request. Tamar prepares the food, brings it to Amnon's chamber. When she gets there, Amnon asks all the servants that serve him as the king's son to leave. Get out of here. Everybody leave me. He's now alone with Tamar. He says to Tamar, bring the food into my bedroom. And as he lies on his bed and she comes to feed him, he reaches and grabs her arm and pulls her and says, come to bed with me, my sister. She resists. She says, you'll become a fool if you do this. Don't do this thing. You'll become a fool and I'll be disgraced. But because he's stronger than her, he pulls her down. He rapes her. Ironically, after he rapes her, it says he hated her more than he loved her. He calls his servant in and says, get this woman out of my room and bolt the door behind her. She can't come back. Hebrews contains a unique passage that's often referred to as the Hall of Faith. This section gives you a synopsis of people who followed their Creator without knowing the end result or with having each step laid out for them. These icons of trust were definitely not without flaw. Their journeys weren't free from trials and tribulations either, but they came back to their faithful Heavenly Father time and time again, trusting that He would fulfill His promises. God used these ordinary men and women to accomplish great things in their time, and to set in motion kingdom work that would continue to change lives for countless generations to come. We're so glad that you joined us today to study the book of Hebrews with Pastor Danny Hodges here on The Living Word. 
If you missed any part of today's teaching or would like to explore more of Pastor Danny's teachings through the books of the Bible, visit ccfstpete.church and click on Sermons. You'll be directed to our YouTube page, and we'd love for you to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified by email every time we post a new message. If you have any questions for us about what you heard today, or if you'd like us to pray for you, please email us. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that's info at ccfstpete.church. We count it as a privilege to lift our valued listeners up to the Lord in prayer. That's all we have time for today in our study of Hebrews. Join Pastor Danny next time to continue digging deeper into Scripture right here on The Living Word.